Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I was reading over the weekend there that Mary Lou MacDonald was tweeting, and I, I retweeted and said I completely agreed with her in relation to the PUP uh, unemployment payment. Um, and this is the, the pandemic unemployment payment. Um, of course, many of you will have seen it being reduced from 350 a week to now down to 300 or 200 depending on how much money you actually earned. And uh, Mary Lou is saying this can't happen. Now, people can't be surviving on this amount of money. We have to continue to pay it, of course, while we're in the midst of this pandemic and people are losing their jobs and we're seeing cities, as Mary Lou points out. We're seeing Dublin and Donegal go into lockdown. I know the suggestion as well that other counties may go into lockdown as well by Steve, uh, Stephen Donnelly this morning. You know, this, this money is vital for people who have bills, mortgages, you know, heat, and rent and everything else to pay. Uh, well, on the air to talk to me about it is Claire Kerren, uh, the Sinn Féin spokesperson for Social Protection. Good afternoon to you, Claire. Good afternoon, Niall. Uh, Claire, I mean, I agreed with Mary Lou, but there was part of me saying, you know, we don't have a bottomless pit of money either, and eventually we're going to run out of it, because, of course, economists reckon this is, we're into this for 80 billion as we speak, and, you know, there's not a bottomless pit, so where's, where's the end game here? Well, look, Niall, as you've said, we don't know how long this pandemic is going to go on for, and that's an absolute fact, but what we do know is that there are many workers out there who have lost their jobs through no fault of their own. Some of them have no idea when and if they will get back to work. And a lot of them are being left on €203 a week at a time when their energy costs have gone up and at a time when they are facing mounting debt. And the bottom line here is we need to protect those workers. They are workers. They're not people that have been on social welfare for years and years. They are people that got up early in the morning and go out to work. And they are really struggling. And yes, it's true. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. We know it's costing a huge amount of money. But these are workers and families who are really struggling. And I mean, the result of not giving them an amount of money that is adequate to meet their needs at this crucial time, what is the outcome of that? It's mounting debt. But they, they, they people, declare the adequate amount of money to meet their needs. And gen- people live by their means, as you well know. I mean, so, you know, your average person with a job, say, earning 600 quid a week, might have a rent, might have a car payment to make, might, you know, have an ESB bill and, and an internet bill and a mobile phone bill. and So uh, they're living by their means. The 200 or 300 quid is not going to get them out of the hole. That's going to put them into debt. So realistically, to meet their, their means, because as you rightly say, they didn't choose to be in this position. The government is closing down their pub or their restaurant or whatever it is that's putting them out of work. The only way to meet their means is to give them what they earned before. But that wouldn't, we can't do that either. So th- there has to be some way... Uh, I think the big problem is mixed messaging from the government at the moment when it comes to, say, hospitality in particular, hotels. Who wants to book a hotel when you've got Stephen Donnelly on the air telling you, you know, Louth, Cork, Wicklow and Galway, you know, could be going into lockdown. Then you've Michal Martin on Saturday said, don't be worrying about it. Nobody's in imminent danger of going to lockdown. There's a lot of mixed messaging. There has been a lot of mixed messaging. And I mean, at the end of the day, it is, when you look at the PUP payment, just as an example, I mean, the vast majority of people that received the PUP payment last week, over 121,000 of those mm-hmm. people, they, they got €300 Euro last week. Now, their average earnings before COVID were €568. Euro. Yep. So straight away, they're losing out between two and €300, Euro, straight away. And that's before you look at the 203. And we do talk about adequacy. And I mean, Sinn Féin aren't going to come out now, and I'm not going to come out and say the 203 is adequate and it's meeting people's needs, because it's not. And we've always said that. That's 
typically the job seekers rate. It's nowhere near meeting people's needs. Well, could we and could we not do something a bit fair? Because there is also the stories, and I'm sure you've heard them yourself, Claire, of somebody who was on a part-time job who was earning 150 and is now getting 300 or now getting 200 and whatever it is because obviously they've changed the system and the way they do it. So they're actually benefiting from this. Should it not have been what they did in the UK, for example, was they based it on your your pre-COVID previous six months pay slips or what you got paid for six months previous when they were doing uh, this in the UK. Could we not have done something a little bit better and, and basically divvied it out properly to people based on what they were earning? Somewhat. Yeah, and that's a fair point. And I think there was probably that fair word, way of doing it. But I think now that we've come this far with the PUP and we know and we all appreciate it was an emergency payment, it practically came in overnight. And now we've been on it for this length that, you know, you could look at changing the entire system, absolutely, and perhaps looking at people and their previous earnings. But at this stage, Niall, when we're this far in, we're coming towards the end of the year. We have always called for the PUP to remain at 350 until the end of the year and then review it and see where we are in January. But I think overhauling that system now towards the end of the year isn't a good idea either. Well, why, but why not? Because, Claire, there's, there seems to be no end in sight to this. I mean, initially we all thought three or four weeks should we be grand Mm -hmm. we'll be all back at work you know but that's not unfortunately the way things panned out and it doesn't look hopeful that anything is going to change between now and next April because the government plan and the levels and all that the the new plan is till next April so realistically I mean people might be in this situation where they'll be back at work out of work back at work maybe their business will close down uh, till next April and and the other argument is that it's disproportionately and I don't want to make this about public and private sector but I have to because it's disproportionately affecting the private sector Yeah absolutely and look you're 100% right and I mean even as a party in our own alternative budget deliberations at the moment we are looking at the PUP and we're looking at is there a fairer way to look to try and help people meet the wages and the income they were receiving pre-COVID and that is something we're looking at but but for a government point of view at this stage in the year I think to overhaul the entire system now we're coming into October I think we need to remain at the 350 for the end of the year as we've always said and look then from January absolutely look at changing it and making it more in line with people's income because at the end of the day Niall you know, we have no certainty about mortgages, you know, that's been left last minute. Rent for a lot of people has continued the same. People have spent more time at home, their energy, their fuel bills, we know Electric Ireland are putting up the, the prices. You know, so there's an awful lot of debt mounting here and even a MAB survey out there earlier this month, almost a million people are more concerned about household debt than ever before. So debt is mounting, people are really struggling and our call continues to remain the same. People should be left on the €350 until the end of the year. And and, and by the way, and the long term effect to that is that we're now seeing with, you know, different counties going into different lockdowns or levels of restrictions. We're hearing about businesses who are not going to open their doors again. We're looking possibly by next to April of probably having the highest unemployment rate, maybe in the history of the state. Um, and the social welfare, the Department of Social Welfare is going to have a big, have a big wallet of money to pay for all this. And I don't think we can do it. I, I genuinely don't believe we're going to be able to do that. We'll have no money for health care. We'll have no money for education. It'll all end up. And so as it was, half of the income we took into this country was being paid out in social welfare in payments of some description anyway. But it looks like we might be up to 60, 70, 70 percent. Yeah, and look, we're, we're going to, as a state, we're going to keep borrowing and, and hopefully the borrowing will remain at low levels of interest and we're going to have to keep doing that until we get out of this crisis and at the end of the day that means looking after those people on social welfare and I mean these are workers these are taxpayers and if you and again we have to go back and look at the social insurance fund as well because we know that that is uh, crawling to a very quick deficit 
but at the end of the day, we need a proper insurance system to protect people when they need it. And that's what social protection is all about. You pay your PRSI and you get your protection if and when you need it. And people are going to have to step up uh, in relation to ensuring that people receive an amount that is adequate to get them through this uh, mm-hmm. these next few weeks and months ahead. And it is going to be for the long haul. There's no doubt about that. And then when, t- when the time comes, when those who maybe can't go back to work, their job is gone, it's not there. They need to be supported then. They need to be retrained. And we need to have... We need to be ready with serious plans in relation to getting people back to work next year. And that's about your local employment service. It's about your community employment schemes. It's about resourcing them and making sure that we get people back to work when the time comes, when it is safe for them to do so. Because remember, these are workers who are out of work through no fault of their own. And do you you think the restrictions that we've put on counties and the damage that's being done to the economy, for example, by those restrictions, do you think it's proportional to the risk, I suppose, of COVID-19? Well, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the public health advice and the restrictions are there for a reason. And you look at Donegal and Dublin gone into level three, that's because of public health advice. And and that's what we have to trust in. We have to go with that in as far as is possible. But again, for the people in Dublin and the people in Donegal, this is a really tough time. They're struggling, their families are struggling, their businesses maybe have closed. And that's why we need this €350 a week to just keep their heads above water uh, for these next few weeks as we go into winter, as we come towards Christmas and uh, at a time when they're already... uh, Okay, and what do you say, just in relation to, by the way, for example, I know you're a TD for Roscommon and Galway. Um, maybe we could talk about the fact that I suppose people in Galway, Roscommon and other places, you know, they're, they're giving us anecdotal stories about people from Dublin, I suppose, going to Galway for the weekend to get out of Dublin because obviously there's no, I mean, I'm hearing it more so from Bray and Kildare and places like that which are closer. The pubs, the restaurants in Bray were jammed over the weekend. I mean, does it serve a purpose to, cl- to lock down a county and then have everybody leaving that county to go to the neighbouring counties, or be it Galway or Roscommon, to have a drink or have a, you know, a meal or something like that? And it, it really only moves the problem, doesn't it? It does. And I mean, aside from getting the, the Gardaí and giving them those powers that they have before in relation to being able to, st- I mean, they're not able to stop people leaving, we'll say Dublin, going into Bray, they can advise and they can speak to people, but they can't actually do anything. And short to doing that, it does come down to individual responsibility. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it is lacking in some places. You know, people should be in their homes in as so far as possible, particularly in Donegal and Dublin. And it is hard and it is tough. And we know that these restrictions aren't just going to be for Dublin and Donegal. There's more coming, more than likely. Now, in Roscommon and Galway, I haven't heard too much about people coming in. As you've said, it's probably more kind of Dublin into maybe Wicklow. Um, but you well, know, Stephen Donnelly did mention Galway when he talked about before the restrictions they'll be discussing it this week for Louth, Cork, Wicklow and Galway. Yeah, Galway is, is a county that they're looking at in relation to um, the, the, what's going on there and possibly moving a, a further level up the scale. But I mean, it, it does come down to personal and individual responsibility and it's, it's lacking. And, you know, we're really at a crossroads with this virus now. But are we, are we, are we also at a crossroads, Claire, where there are business owners, people, and again, disproportionately, I'm going to talk about public and private. And I don't want to make it about us and them because I don't believe anybody should be disproportionately affected. But, you know, you've got self-employed people, taxi drivers, you know, electricians, plumbers, etc., etc., who are out there trying to make a living. And then the government says, ah, you can't be doing that now. You can't be opening restaurants. You can't be opening bars in that county, this county, whatever, and putting them out of a job. And essentially, you know, people now are getting to the stage where they're getting a little bit fed up. Do you, do you find that? I mean, that people, although we're all concerned about public health, there's a point people are getting to where we, we kind of 
don't accept this. And Simon Harris did say at the very start of this, well, we didn't want to bring in the lockdowns at the very start. He said, we have to be careful about lockdowns. He says, and not bring them in too early because we can't leave them in too long because people will become complacent and they won't put up with it for long. Are we getting to that point where people are saying, we understand the public health advice, but we need to get back to work? Yeah, and look, it's, it's that balance between, you know, the economy and protecting the economy and keeping the economy going and the balance between that and health and people's health care. And I do appreciate people are getting fed up, of course they are. And I mean, that's across the board of all ages, older people, younger people, people are getting sick and tired of it. Um, but, but at the end of the day, we have to remember, you know, this is life or death. Uh, and it does come down to personal responsibility and it does come down to people following the guidelines. And it is tough and it's going on. I mean, most of the year, the year has been a write-off in some respects and we're heading into 2021 with an awful lot of uncertainty for everybody. And I mean, we're coming into the winter, the hospitals are under pressure, frontline staff are under pressure and we have to think of those people and we have to be responsible because at the end of the day, this is life or death. Um, And I appreciate people are fed up but we well, but when, you, when you say it's life or death, generally speaking, and, and I'm not saying anybody is immune to it, although there, there is suggestions that some people do have natural T-cell immunity, but that's a whole other scientific argument. But when you say life or death, people now understand with the data that we have now compared to what we had back in March, that there is risk groups and the risk groups would have co- unfortunately be those who were over 80 years of age, sadly, who were very badly hit by this. And, and, and people are kind of saying, well, can we not? And even I, I know Dr. Freely said this, but unfortunately he was forced to resign by the HSE. You know, I know Fianna Fáil's Jim O'Callaghan came out of the weekend and said it was disgraceful that he should have been forced to resign for having a view. But the idea that we should spend more money and more time protecting those, meanwhile letting the economy move on again. Yeah, but, it, but it's older people, Lionel. It's also people with um, per- perhaps additional illnesses, um, maybe people who have um, ailments all through life, whatever age they are. And I, and I don't think we can come to a point where we sacrifice, um, you know, people with additional needs or people with extra illnesses or older people uh, in the midst of this pandemic. No, 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 and and that sounds insensitive, Claire, from my point of view. Nobody is suggesting sacrificing anybody. I, I'm suggesting we protect people as much as we, we humanly can. But we also do have to accept in some level, and I don't talk about specifically COVID-19, that we have mortality as human beings as well. And you know, and we've always accepted that we have mortality and sadly that people do pass away from viruses, flus, diseases uh, and all such different types of viruses and illnesses uh, throughout life. But that we spend as much money and as much time as we need to protect those vulnerable groups because it is the vulnerable groups that are being affected disproportionately by COVID-19. Meanwhile, we're watching other groups now being disproportionately affected by the lockdown restrictions, not being able to go and see a doctor for non-COVID related illnesses, uh, their job losses, which in turn creates poverty and despair, possibly suicides, which we're seeing an increase as well in. So all those things have to be factored in. I know Neffet are doing their job looking at the scientific and medical side of it, but they don't have to take into consideration because it's not their job, the effects this is having long term on the, on the population of the country. Absolutely, and I think that's why we are trying in cases where, obviously, despite the fact that Donegal and Dublin have gone back in to further restrictions, you know, there there have been attempts made to try and get people back to school. They're back. A lot more people are back at work. The PUP recipient numbers have fallen. You know, there there is that sense of people trying to get back into the new normal and trying to get the economy back up and running as best as possible. But at the end of the day, we have to come back to NEFIT and the public health advice that they're offering because for a young person who, you know, could get COVID or could never get COVID and could get it and could come through it absolutely fine. It's the other people around them that they can impact as well. 
So, as I said, there is that fine balance between the economy and trying to keep the economy going and public health advice. But at the moment, we have to put public health advice first. And while it is hard for other people who aren't affected and who aren't in those vulnerable categories, perhaps, you know, this is a sacrifice that they have to make too, and I know that, and I know it's tough, but, I mean, we have to we have okay. to keep going to try and get out okay. the other end of this. Just one final question. Obviously, a lot of talk today about, um, and I don't know whether this is within your own remit, but maybe you might have an opinion on it anyway. In the UK, they brought in a €10,000 fine for people who are not self-isolating, and the HSE have said there's an issue, obviously, with people who are being contact traced or friend of a contact or whatever it happens to be who are being told to self-isolate, and they're not coming forward for tests or they're not self-isolating. Do you believe we should bring a similar fine in here? I think it's something that could well be considered, but I think we need to get our testing and tracing uh, up to scratch before we'd look at that. I mean, just over there at the weekend, I was speaking to a teacher. She got a text on her app over the weekend to say she'd been a close contact, rang the HSE, sorry, there's no nurse available. She is school Monday morning, this morning. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know, could she go to school, could she not? No advice, no nurse to speak to, nothing. So, I mean, we need to get our test and training up to scratch before we start looking at fining people. And we're not there, and we need to get there very quickly. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming thank on here and speaking to us. All right, thank you. Uh, that is Claire Curran, uh, who's the Sinn Féin spokesperson for On Social Protection, uh, suggesting that Sinn Féin are saying that the 350 payment should be kept uh, in the interim, anyway, certainly for the time being, and reducing it anymore is people putting people under a lot of financial pressure. I couldn't disagree with her on that particular point. I may disagree on other points, but I certainly couldn't disagree with her on that. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.